0: Hello, and welcome to the Sex Within Marriage podcast. My name is JD, and I blog over at uncoveringintimacy.com. And I received a question through our anonymous question page a while back. And while it was submitted on our anonymous question page, the question, its phrasing, and the terms used point to an individual that's been arguing with me over the last year or so in the comments on the blog. In large part, The core of my argument with this individual has been that I believe God's laws are just and timeless, and he believes that the church should amend God's laws to adjust to a changing society. In particular, he wants to change the quote-unquote rule regarding sex outside of marriage as he feels they are unfair. In the anonymous question, he poses this hypothetical situation and a question. So he writes, there are two people. The first person participates in the modern sexual marketplace by dating around, having a series of mid-to-long-term relationships that involve sex, and having a few hookups, but ends up in a stable marriage and has childrens, children by his mid-to-late 20s. The second person follows biblical courtship, or whatever you want to call it, saves sex from marriage, only courts-slash-dates Christians, but never finds a spouse, and ends up as a 40-year-old childless virgin, who is the more righteous of the two. And reading this reminds me of Matthew 22. In that chapter, there are three stories in which people try to trap Jesus by asking questions. And this individual appears to be trying to do the same thing here. Some of my supporters would tell me to just delete a question like this as it's clearly from a troll. But Jesus answered trolls, so I will too. And as such, I will take this opportunity to teach others as Jesus did because the groups trying to trap Jesus, I doubt there is any desire from this questioner to learn from my answer only to attack me. I'm also afraid that, like Jesus' responses to his attackers, this might get a bit embarrassing for him. And like the attackers of Jesus, he'll likely cover it up with anger and indignation. But let's answer the question. So, who is the more righteous of the two? I think for this, we have to see what the Bible says about righteousness. In Genesis 15, verse 6, we have this verse that says, And he, Abraham, believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness." Uh, Romans 4 verses 3 and 16, Galatians 3 verses 6, and James 2 verses 23 all affirm this righteousness through faith of Abraham's. They all are quoting the same passage. And Romans 1 verse 17 says, For in it is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Galatians 3 verse 11 says, but that no man is justified by the law in sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And I could go on because there are lots and lots of verses, but I think this passage says it best in Romans 3. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. it was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Who is more righteous? The one who had faith in Jesus. And which of these two men in your hypothetical story has a faith in Jesus? I'd argue the second one. The first one ignored God's laws and precepts and did whatever he wanted. The second had faith that God is good and even if it doesn't produce earthly gains, we are waging a more significant battle in the long run. And of course, we can't know for sure. Perhaps the first had Uh, a convert conversion later or got more serious about his faith as some do when they start having children or maybe he had no faith as there is no mention of his beliefs i'm assuming the question implies that they're both christians but who? the second one only dated christian women have followed biblical courtship i don't have a better term for that either and this would indicate that he at least has some mind to follow the fact that he turned his back on the world and stuck to his principles, even when it was hard. I think that shows that quite strongly. Because as much as righteousness is by faith, that faith produces certain behaviors in people. If you genuinely believe that God is God, that his son died for your sins, then that will create a desire to follow his commandments. So in a way, actions can be righteous, but it's not the action that produces righteousness, but rather righteousness that produces actions. So, I think your original question is flawed because you put the works at the center rather than Jesus and God. And I think Romans 8 explains, Romans 8 verses 5 to 8 says, Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. The mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the Spirit is life and peace, because the mind of the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the flesh cannot please God. And I would submit that this is what your question looks like, as well as all your comments on the blog. You don't want to submit to God's law because you're focused on the things of the flesh. This lust to have sex so blinds you that you've determined that the church needs to update God's law. You believe God forgot to account for today's quote unquote sexual marketplace. You think you're smarter than him because you have ideas where you believe he failed to deliver but your focus is on the wrong thing. I don't believe God intended for his law to keep up with society. It is intended to show us how far we are from perfection. The further society drifts from God's law, the better it shows us that we need a savior to return it and the sinful experience. It's a test to see which you'd prefer, more or less. I have a whole sermon on that, which I'll link to in my show notes. It's a test to see if you will live according to man's or God's desire. and. You've embraced the deception so much that you're now actively engaged in a campaign to not only deceive others, but to get them to deceive all of Christianity. The sad thing is, you'll probably win in the end. The vast majority of Christianity will accept deception one way or another. In Revelation, we see the church corrupted and turned into Babylon. We see the angels calling out the believers from her in Revelation 18 verse 4. Yes, the church will drift further and further from teaching the truth and into apostasy. We have seen it happen and we will continue to see it. Now second Timothy four verses three to four says, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myth. So at the end of the day, the answer to the question who is more righteous is simple. I think it's answered in this verse from Revelation 14 verse 12. Here's a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus.